This is Babe Kerr, and you're listening to Make a Scene Canada and Pacific Northwest Radio. Happy Tuesday night, everyone. This is Sherelle Jardine, and I'm a proud Canadian, proudly sharing the songs and stories of our Canadian musicians. Thanks for tuning in to Make a Scene Canada on Pacific Northwest Radio. Make a Scene Canada is sponsored by Zed Productions. Zed Productions is a full-service production company offering the best studios and services to suit your project and budget from recording to mixing and mastering. Contact Sheldon Zaharko at SheldonZaharko.com. If you love the show and would like to donate to Make a Scene Canada, please visit PacificNorthwestRadio.com and click the Donate button. If you're interested in sponsoring the station or Make a Scene Canada or advertising with us, please get in touch. Our email is PacificNorthwestRadio at gmail.com and in the subject line put Make a Scene Canada or Pacific Northwest Radio or maybe one of our other programs and you can find them all on PacificNorthwestRadio.com. Right now while you're listening to the show, find us on social media, Instagram and Facebook at Make a Scene Canada. We also have a group page, Make a Scene BC, where you can post your upcoming gigs. Give the station a like at Pacific Northwest Radio and follow the station on Twitter and Instagram. I want to thank Jody Smith for setting up my interview with the lovely and talented Babe Gurr. Tonight, I'll share our phone call with you. I've known Babe for a number of years, and it was so much fun catching up with her, talking about her roots and her brand new album, Blurred Lines. Hello? Hello, Babe. Hi, Sherelle. How are you doing? I'm doing well, thank you. How are you? I'm really good. Thanks for taking the time to be on Make a Scene Canada tonight. Oh, my pleasure. I know you're super busy, so I'm glad we finally could find a time to squeeze me in. Thank you. Yeah, I'm glad too. This could be fun. Okay, so I just want to let people that are listening know that we've known each other for a while. Uh, back in 2009, mm-hmm. I booked you for my wow. Musical Expression Series, and you also played the Musical Expression Series Showcase for the Olympics in 2010. I can't believe oh, that much right. time has gone by. Oh, my oh, goodness. I know. Yet we're not one day older. We're not. We're looking pretty good. <laughs> 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 so for people that don't know Babe Gurr, and there's probably not too many, but you know, once in a while there are people that I introduce <laughs> artists to the audience and they're like, oh my God, I love that person. So I just wanted to start by asking you, how did you start your musical career? Because I don't even know that. Mm. You mean professional part of it? Um, or just in general? In general, you know, how did, how did music kind of call you? I think music was calling me right from about age three. I remember spending my time lying on the floor listening to my parents' jazz albums. I'd have my head right against the speaker listening to all their jazz albums because that's what they listened to. And being just caught by the music. And anytime we were any place where there was a musical instrument, I'd be drawn to it always. So I think that it was... It was just, I was compelled right from a very young age, but I didn't actually start even playing an instrument until I was 12, and that was guitar, but that took a lot of begging every Christmas. Do you think I can have a guitar? I want a guitar. And my parents really thought it was a boys thing, so they kept saying, no, 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 boys play guitars, girls Mm -hmm. don't play guitars. 
And of course, you know, I'm I'm seeing Beatles and the Rolling Stones and Carol King, who actually was on piano. But I'm seeing, I'm starting to see Joni Mitchell play the guitar, and I'm thinking, what? There's there's guitars out there, and there's women playing guitars. So uh, how come I can't have one? So finally, they did buy me one, but it was plastic. Oh no! <laughs> I know, and it had a picture of a, a woman dancing on one side of the sound hole and a man dancing on the other side of awesome. the sound hole. Was it, it was like a Sears re- one or something? Yeah, yeah, it was. One of those Christmas catalog things, right? Oh, man. And uh, that didn't last very long. But then finally they got me a wooden guitar. They sent me off for some classical guitar lessons because the teacher lived two houses away from us. And then it sort of went from there. And, and then it wasn't until I was like 25, I guess, when I got into my first professional experience with a wonderful group where everyone was about 10, 12 years older than myself. And they just took me under the wing and taught me the ropes. And it was just really fun. And I was just hooked mm-hmm. from there on out. Mm-hmm, this is sure. great. Mm-hmm. Well, thanks for sharing that. I want to know who your musical heroes were growing up. Some of the people that mm. you, you did name a few people, but um, mm-hmm. were there any female artists that you, you saw and you thought, hmm. I love that. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, you know, initially, most of the acts I would see would have these amazing Bee Gees singers. And that's kind of as far as I was dreaming about it first, other than I did want to play guitar. But I think, okay, it looks like that's the girl's job in these bands is you sing background. Um, well, that's okay. I'll do that. I, if I can sing, that would be really fun. And then, um, you know, I discovered uh, through friends, various artists they listened to. And so, of course, Joni Mitchell being one. Mm-hmm. Uh, Linda Ronstadt really caught my ear, too. And um, Carol King, of course, caught my ear uh, for female artists. Um, yeah, I'd say those are the top three growing up. That I really, well, Janis Joplin, of course. Janice, but yes. Yeah, I mean, there were so many amazing singers, but I think the others, especially Linda Ronstadt, because I thought I could actually maybe sound like her if I tried. And so I thought, okay, there's hope, because she sort of sings in the same timbre, and I think, yeah, maybe maybe I could do that. I couldn't do Joni, because it was all that, oh, you're up in the falsetto thing. And I thought, okay, that's not me. And uh, Carol King has a, a very distinct style too. But I thought, yeah, okay, there's a chance for that as well. Janis Joplin, forget it. Oh, I know. Aretha or any of those. I thought, no, forget it. I can't even begin to sound like them. So, I guess when I heard Linda, that was it. That yeah. was key. Awesome. And what was the first concert that you ever attended that you can remember? Um, the first concert, I grew up in Victoria, well, partially in Victoria, I grew up all over the place, but, uh, Victoria were my teen years, uh, is where I spent my teen years, I should say. And, uh, not so many concerts came through town really in those days. Um, and well, if they did, they went to this big arena and my parents didn't think that was safe for me to go as a young teenage girl. Mm-hmm. So... There was a concert at McPherson Playhouse, and I will always remember it was Long John Baldry. You remember oh, him? Yes, of course. Yeah. And I'd never heard of him, never seen him before, but I just thought, I'm going to take this chance. And oh my God, that band kicked butt. Man. When he did, um, oh, what is it? Oh, something don't play that boogie woogie. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. 
Yeah, it's such a long title, I can't remember it exactly. Um, but anyway, there's the part of the song, and he kicks into this incredible rock beat, and the band kicks in, and the singers, and uh, I thought, this is exciting. This mm-hmm. is what I want to do. This is great. So that would be my first concert, actually. Awesome. Now, you have 44 CDs now with Blurred Lines. We're going to talk about your new album in a little bit. But your other CDs are Chocolate Lily, Side Dish, Mm -hmm. and Hearts Up to the Sun. What years were those released? And they are available all on your website for sale, I believe. Yeah, they are. And I can't remember the years. Oh, that's okay. I think Chocolate Uh, Lily was back when you were doing the musical expressions thing. So maybe 2009. Probably. Does that ring a bell? Yeah, that that sounds about right. And I know that the one previous to Blurred Lines, which is my current one, Mm -hmm. was five years ago. I know that much. Okay, cool. So... But the other, I don't know. I can't remember. Exactly. Well, that's the mystery for anybody listening that uh, can find out that year. Send me an email and uh, we'll send you something in the mail. I don't know what yet, but <laughs> that'll be the contest for today. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, oh, I also read you've been receiving some amazing accolades in the past. You took the win for the Sonic Bids National Song Contest, um, garnering mm-hmm. honorable mention for three of your self-penned songs uh, in the acclaimed Billboard World Song Contest. And also you were selected as the finalist for three tunes in the 12th and 13th Great American Song Contests. That's pretty cool. That must feel really good. It does. It was It was really exciting because, you know, so often you're, you're writing your songs, you're writing them alone in my case, and you think, are these any good? Or have I totally ripped off every single person I've ever heard before? And you probably have because it's impossible <laughs> to be, you know, completely original. Mm-hmm. But, you know, not consciously. And I'm just saying, God, if I like the melody, it must be somebody else's. And then I'm worried. So then I always play it for other people. I go, who does this? Whose tune is this? And they'll go, yours. And I'll go, no, before. Who Who is this, do you think? And... If they can't come up with somebody, they might say, oh, it sounds like you've been influenced by blah, 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 then that's fine. But if they say, oh, that's exactly the melody to such and such song, then I think, okay, scrap it. Yeah, no kidding. Yeah, and it goes in the garbage. So, yeah, you you have your doubts, and then you just, you know, you think, is it, because I don't write with, I hate to say it, with an audience in mind. Mm -hmm. I write because something inspires me it's as simple as that so I'm never sure if it's going to fly with an audience so to get a few pats on the back once in a while is is uh, reassuring that you're um, on the right path I guess mm-hmm. and I it's leading us into talking about your new album Blurred Lines so I want to start with this review that I stole from your website Babe Gurr mm-hmm. just keeps getting better. Blurred Lines, a seven-piece collection of Newark proves the point in spades. Box of audio chocolates, each one with its mm-hmm. own unique flavor. Blurred Lines is a fine collection of contemporary songs for grown-ups as there is out there, anywhere by anyone, a set of finely cut jewels, each in a distinctive matching setting. The boundaries may be blurred in a dozen delightful ways. Babe Gurr's vision is 2020. That's Gary Crystal. And that's pretty mm-hmm. awesome. Oh, i got to tell you, I cried when I read that. No doubt. I just broke down and cried. I thought, oh my God, that is just... 
Wow. Yeah. Uh, yeah, it blew me away. I was really, really touched by that review. And I felt like, hey, somebody actually understanding what I'm trying to do here. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, it brought me to tears Aww. for sure. Well, that's beautiful. And how did you decide on the songs for the album? I kind of decide if they're cohesive enough in, in terms of their style, uh, although that's never held me back from mixing certain songs on albums. But in this case, I sort of tried to do that. Um, the album previous, I was delving into world beat rhythms, and this time I stayed completely away from that and got back to probably how I started in business, which was um, more roots-based music that are roots-based, blended with a bit of rock, I'd say, I guess, a I don't know. It's always hard to describe your own music, don't you find? It it is absolutely. You're like, I don't know. It kind of sounds like this, but you know, it's mm-hmm. it's hard too because people want to stick you in a box. They want to know exactly. what genre it is and where do you fit in, you know? And and mm-hmm. you're just like, this is just my body of work. I don't know. You tell me. You tell me where I fit. Right. You know. Yeah. So that review yeah. definitely. And you'll get a you'll get a huge swath of ideas of where you fit in too if you ask people. Yeah. It's shocking. One person might say, oh, you're totally this. And then another say, oh, you're totally that. Or, boy, you remind me of so-and-so. And you think, really? Yeah. Okay. You're like, no, Fine. I don't. <laughs> I know. Yeah. It's true. You'd be like, well, that's what you got from that. Hey, okay. That's <laughs> not what I was trying for. But okay, as long as you like it. <laughs> exactly. And you recorded mm-hmm. with Sheldon Zaharko, which is also a very good friend of ours. And he's our mm-hmm. producer as well. Um, he's Vancouver's most talked about engineer slash producer from Z Productions and, of course, owner of Pacific Northwest Radio. So what mm-hmm. studio did you guys record in? Uh, we recorded at Afterlife, which is the old Mushroom Studios down on 4th Avenue there. Oh, right. And uh, that was really uh, a treat. I loved going in there and knowing just the history of all various people who recorded there. And I, in fact, did record there um, a long time ago. Um, didn't really do much with the, the CD at the time, because I wasn't that happy with it. But still, the experience was really cool, and it was my first experience in the studio. So going back in there with somebody like Sheldon, who I absolutely adore, Mm -hmm. he is just... First time I worked with Sheldon, he was just this young... Not that he's an old guy, but just this young, quiet guy, um, assistant engineer at uh, the factory studios, and... He just was had such a gentle, intuitive way of knowing what your needs were before you even asked for them that I thought this guy is going to go a long way in this industry. Mm-hmm. And he has, and I'm really pleased to see that. And I was really happy to be able to work with him again awesome. just for all those reasons. Plus, he's a... A really sweetheart to yeah, uh, to work with. Great guy. And I wanted mm-hmm. to ask you too, do you always produce your own music? Have you ever considered bringing somebody else in or you love to have the maybe control? Control. Over, <laughs> yeah. No, I, I totally get it. So. Yeah. Um, no, I have had a couple of different producers in the past. Mm-hmm. And um, they tend to take your sound and change it too dramatically is what I found. Nobody... Uh, stayed true to how I heard it and how I wanted to project the music. So I thought, okay, 
maybe I should do this myself because I, I have a clear picture of what I want and then hire some of my fave musicians to come in who also bring something different to color the song and uh, and I like that and I allow that too. I mean, of course, it has to be something I like mm-hmm. um, and not all the ideas are great and, and by anyone, but... Um, yeah, so I'm I'm kind of that style of producer. In, in the past, the uh, producers I worked with were less like that. And so I think it compromised musicians, and it certainly compromised me, and it certainly compromised uh, my songs. I mean, there's some famous producers out there that, man, if I could have them, I would jump at the chance. But, mm-hmm. um, you know, logistically, the budgets are insane, and I can't afford that either. So that's the other reason, too, if you think about it. It's just a lot cheaper to do it yourself, too. Yeah, exactly. And And like we had said, you know, you do keep control over the project it is your song your vision and so at the end of the day you can say yep this is exactly what I wanted it to do mm-hmm. so that's exactly. awesome can you walk us through a day in the studio with your band hmm. well this record was completely recorded differently than I've ever experienced before oh, awesome. usually would go in with uh, drums and bass on one day and I would put down a scratch vocal and a scratch uh, rhythm guitar track and they'd play along with it. And then after I've got my track down, I would go into the booth and then just focus on what they were doing and really, really pay attention to their parts. And then we get those down and then I'd start adding the other colors like bringing in the lead guitar or if there's horns, uh, BG singers, uh, quite often I put my own down. Um, and, you know, just the various instruments that I want to add to whatever songs I'm laying down. But in this experience, I decided to try something different, and different for me anyway, certainly not different for a lot of people, and that is to do it all live off the floor. Mm-hmm. Um, and for those who aren't musicians, that essentially just means you bring all the musicians in at one time, and you all play together at one time, and you record it all at one time. And... I'm not sure which method I like better. The reason I did it this way, this time, live off the floor, is because I thought sometimes when you bring people in separately, you lose that live feel, that live connection of looking at each other and and, um, playing together at the same time. It's not quite the same. But what I found uh, doing it live off the floor that didn't quite work for me was that if I had to perform while I'm trying to produce, it's really hard for me to focus on the other players. Um, So what I ended up doing was just putting down my rhythm guitar tracks and not singing because I needed to really be listening. And um, I I can't do that while I'm trying to do a good performance vocally as well as on my guitar. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so so in hindsight, I don't think I would do it again unless... um, you know, we were also the other thing is if we were a band that played together all the time, then of course we'd be very tight. We'd already know the songs inside and out. And that would be a more relaxed atmosphere as a producer because you'd go, okay, we all know this. I don't have to focus on, um, you know, what each player's doing. And uh, that just didn't happen because, you know, I hire pickup musicians most of the time. So. Yeah, I think I'd go back to the other method. The other way, yeah. Yep. And who played on the tracks? 
I had a great musicians with me. I had um, Nick Appleiver, who was an old friend of mine. We used to play in a band together when we were in our 20s. And uh, we still play together here and there. And he actually, I brought him in on kit, which is unusual for Nick. Nick is known to be a hand percussionist and also a great keyboard player and a great vibe player. And I thought, you know, just to get a slightly different take on this, I'd like to have somebody who doesn't play kit all the time. I remember hearing about, I think it was Neil Young, who in a studio one time took everyone off their usual instruments and had them all switch around because he wanted to see what the approach would be had they, like a bass player who's never played uh, piano or plays a little bit of piano. He put the person on piano. And and I thought, what a cool idea. I mean, a little crazy, too. It could be total chaos. No kidding. Uh, but I thought in Nick's case, at least he is a, a percussionist and he understands rhythm. And so putting them on kit is not that far of a stretch. But um, he certainly did approach it slightly differently than I know any of the drummers I've ever worked with in the past would have. And so that was kind of interesting. So um, that's what Nick played. And then he also put some wonderful vibes down on a couple of my songs. And uh, I also brought in uh, Paul Pagat to do uh, all the lead guitars. That's awesome. I love him. Yeah, he's a great player. and, And he added some really lovely lovely parts and textures. And then Jeff Gammon played uh, bass, stand-up bass. And I had never worked with Jeff before, but what a wonderful guy to work with. Very even keel, super solid and tasteful. It was it was great. And then I wanted <laughs> a male vocalist to come in and uh, sing a couple of songs with me, in, mostly in unison, because I just love the uh, sound of... Uh, kind of a rough man's voice next to my own. Mm-hmm. And um, so I thought that he's a rough person, but his voice is kind of, uh, you know, husky. So I brought in uh, Russell Marsland to um, sing some Bee Gees. Oh, yeah. I love him. That was the band. Wow. Yeah. Oh, my God. Have the songs been released yet on iTunes, or do people have to wait until after the release party? No, they're all out there now, yeah. It's all um, iTunes and various uh, streaming, Spotify and so on. It's everywhere, as well as um, the CD is for sale at CD Baby, too, which you can, if you, anyone just goes to babegur.com, they can find all the info they need as to how to buy it. Okay, and speaking Ooh, of, yeah, buy it, everybody. Um, mm-hmm. Speaking of the Blurred Lines release party. It is September 6th, and that's Mm -hmm. at the Rogue Folk Club, St. James Community Square Hall at 8 p.m. And I wonder, people getting tickets off your website, or how are we getting those? No, you have to go to the Rogue Folk Club to, not to physically go down there, but to their website to uh, get tickets. Okay, cool. Excellent. And are we going to hear some of your older songs as well as the new album? Oh, for sure. There'll be some some older chestnuts <laughs> mixed in there, and uh, and the odd cover tune I like to throw in because I I like playing other people's tunes here and there, and I've been fooling around with a few of them. So I'll probably be throwing those in as well. Okay, and who's the band for the show? Exact same musicians, except um, uh, that I just named. Well, except for Russell. Um, um, he wasn't available, but instead uh, I'm bringing in Simon Kendall to add another color on um, piano oh, and keyboards. Okay. 
I'm nice. Now, I really want to thank Jody for actually setting up this interview. How long has she been your manager for? Mm, gosh, I don't know. Let me think. Like oh, 20 years? Probably, probably 15 years. Oh, nice. Yeah, something like that. Awesome. Yeah. She's she's just a beautiful spirit. I, I really enjoy her. Mm-hmm. Lovely yeah. woman. Yeah. Oh. So thank you. thank you, Jody, for that. Now I want to talk okay. about yeah, I want to talk about the song. So you're my truth, very sultry. If I could fly, mm-hmm. haunting, dark-sided man. I could hear in a modern Western movie. Lonely. Oh. I love the line. The room smells of a desperate state. Oh my God, that made the mm-hmm. hair stand up on my arms. Uh, Lost without you, mm-hmm. uh, and trust. So those are the songs, and you. Mm-hmm. What's your and favorite you. song? Yeah. yeah, what's your favorite song on the album and why? Uh, mine's probably not everybody's favorite, but mine is uh, If I Could Fly. Okay. And there's just something about that. I love singing it. Um, it's just, um, I think because of the connection of always wanting to be able to fly. As a child, I, I used to dream of flying all the time. And uh, any time I'm ever in a movie and there's a scene where there's a plane flying low over fields and pastures of cattle and and uh, then over some mountains and then the ocean, I'm always like, oh, I'd love to be able to do that. That would just be fantastic. Only without a plane. Mm. <laughs> so just, just go. Wouldn't that be the greatest? It would and be. So it's really drawn to all that as a child, anything where you could fly. Like, you know, of course, cartoons had you flying all the time. So that was uh, probably the first thing I watched and thought, oh, this would be fantastic. And I used to really believe if I went out in the high wind with my umbrella, I'd be like Mary Poppins and I'd be in the air in no time. (laughs) (laughs) That could be a video actually for that song. Yeah, I, you know, it's, <laughs> I would love to have a video done in animation with yeah. that. So I'm thinking about that, right? As you, as you say this, I'm thinking, yeah, I should do that. Find a good animator and, um, and get it done. Yeah, no, can you? Because you, you could, could do so bird? much with it. Oh, yeah, you could be a bird. You could be a plane, like with your face on it or whatever. Like it just could be awesome. <laughs> okay, I'll help you write it. <laughs> Okay, great. So as a lyricist, I really appreciate when writers have well-crafted lyrics. And when you're writing, babe, how much of it is personal? Um, There's always a little tiny bit of personal thing in there, but it's not... I would say most of what I write is not personal. Um, I do tend to write um, more... Uh, pensive type of lyric and um, and they're inspired by such a wide variety of aspects in my life. Sometimes it's just a conversation I overhear um, somebody in a coffee shop and I think, oh wow, that would make a great song or um, a book I'm reading, sometimes personal things for sure. And even if it's not uh, a song about myself, There'll be the odd line in there that hits home that is more personal, that is definitely coming from my heart and in my own life. But the main story uh, quite often has nothing to do with me at all. Um, Because I just feel like I'm a storyteller in a way. 
And, you know, when I write songs, I try, like I say, I don't visualize audience. I don't think of radio. What actually I do is once I start to see a theme popping up in my head, the lyrics are always the last thing I write, um, I'm visualizing scenes in movies. I'm thinking, wow, this would be a great scene in the movie. Oh, okay. <laughs> in fact, that's where I really want to go with my music is getting more and more into um, writing for television or movies. I have had some songs placed in TV years ago, and I really love that. I think that's uh, fun because um, I would even be happy to compose something for somebody. If they said, oh, we have this certain scene, would you write a song for us? I'd say, yeah, mm-hmm. tell me the scene. Yeah. I love doing that. Oh, awesome. What What is your writing process like? Are you? Do you pick up the guitar? Do you start with the piano? Um, I pick up a guitar because that's my main instrument. Mm-hmm. And I have written on, well, ukulele yeah. <laughs> and banjo years ago. Um, I haven't learned piano yet, but I, that's one of my things I do want to do one day. Uh, so I usually pick up the guitar and I, I really just play around with it. And I, once I have a chord progression that I like, I find I'm humming a melody on top of it. And once I have a melody that I like, I start finding a lyric pops in my head and once I've got that lyric I think hmm here's the subject here's the theme mm-hmm. and uh, then I write around that it can be one word and then I'll write all around it and and uh, and then it surprises me then I'll think oh well okay well that's kind of interesting where that went yeah it's it's like a gift from the universe sometimes right it's just it oh, just flows really? through you it's it's like we channel you know the song it's it's quite amazing Mhm yeah I agree I know I know you know that too for sure mm-hmm. but yeah sometimes I think did I really write that especially if they come easy mm-hmm. if they come really easy I think wow that was truly a gift because that was too easy I got that done in 2 hours Exactly and you're like thank you <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. And whereas others might be, you know, snippets here and there for a couple of weeks or so. Mm-hmm. You never know. Okay, so here are some fun questions I like to ask my musical guests. Number mm-hmm. one, if you found a genie in a bottle, what would one mm-hmm. of your wishes be? Just one. Hmm. Oh, my God. I know. One wish only? Mm-hmm. That sucks. Well, one, only one <laughs> wish that you, you can tell us. So you, you probably get oh. three, but, you know, one of the wishes would be blank. <laughs> ah, all right. Um, well, I mean, I don't want to be cliche, but truly uh, peace would be uh, the biggest wish I could ever wish for, peace in the world. It's, mm. The world's gone crazy, I believe, right now. Yeah. And we could certainly use a lot more peace. Well, that's that's not cliche at all. I think that if we all had that, you know, in the forefronts of our minds, we would have a totally different world to live in. Mm-hmm, yeah. for sure. It just sounds sort of like I'm in the Miss Universe contest when I say that. Though. Oh, that's so cute. It's like, peace. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like I should have a sash across my chest. And I'm hoping for world peace. <laughs> well, you know what you may have because this is a, a phone interview. I have no idea. <laughs> <laughs> but of course, I do all my interviews with my sash. <laughs> Worst gig ever. 
so many. <laughs> oh, I know, right? But just something that, you know, you can share. There's a lot of songwriters and performers that listen to this show, so they can probably yeah. totally relate to it. Well, coming up the ranks, of course, you're paying your dues and you're doing every crummy gig you can get. And when you're in your 20s, you don't, don't really care. It's just fun. And you're, you're learning as you go. And one of the gigs we had in this cover band I was in, I was probably in my early, well, mid-20s. And um, we were the act in between the strippers routine. Oh, God. And uh, I thought, well, okay, it's something, right? And, and it was on the island Vancouver Island, I can't remember exactly where, somewhere out in Souk, I believe. So it wasn't a high-class kind of game. Oh, no. And the stripper, we did a set, then they said, okay, okay, you guys, you have to take a break now, the stripper's going to do a set, and then you'll come back on after she's done a set. So we said, oh, okay. So we left and went into the lounge and just uh, heard all the music and blah, 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 and then we decided, oh... Let's after the next break, let's just check it out. Let's just see what it's all about. Because we'd hear this huge applause and we were thinking, there's only about 10 people in here. What's with that? So every time she came out, the, the bartender, she'd nod and she was like a B. Arthur type. You remember B. Arthur? Yes. B. Arthur? Yeah. Tall, gravelly voiced older lady. And uh, so they put this record on and it'd be, ladies and gentlemen, put your hands together. For, and this is all on the record. And then her name and then this enormous sound of applause. Oh. <laughs> and you look around the room and there's like 10 sleepy guys <laughs> sitting there. <laughs> and she'd come up on the stage and in a gravelly voice be telling these jokes. And she wasn't really stripping, thank God, because oh. nobody wanted to see that. But at one point, this guy in the audience goes, you're not a woman, because she's tall, oh. and, and she says, I'll show you, and she lifts up her dress. Oh, no. And everybody goes, oh. <laughs> <laughs> and we left the room and thought, okay, now we take our breaks back in the lounge. We're not yeah. going to be doing the bar again. Oh, man. Oh, my God. But it was funny and sad all at once. I felt so sad for her because, honestly, I think at that time she was probably near 80. Oh, my God. Of course, God. I was only in my 20s. Yeah. She's and you know how it is when you're 20s? <laughs> yeah, you're probably only 50 or 40. She's 80. She's so old. Oh, man. <laughs> oh, I know. That's hilarious. Everyone's old when you're in your 20s. I know, right? Thank you for sharing that painful moment. You're welcome. <laughs> you try uh, to get that visual out of your head. Uh, yeah, exactly. Your most memorable musical moment. Mm, uh, uh, live performance, you mean? Yeah. Probably. Yeah, it could be. Uh, gosh, so many great ones. Mm. Um, oh, I should have thought these through beforehand. Let me think. It's just hard to nail one down. Mm -hmm. There's just been so many... Really, I, I would say probably the first time an audience stood up for me at the end of a show, oh, and yeah. it was so unexpected, and I just was flabbergasted. I was leaving the stage, and one of my bandmates said, babe, babe, where are you going? I said, we're done. And he said, stop and turn around. And I did, and everyone was standing there clapping, and I practically burst into tears, and, and I thought, wow. How wonderful is this? So I would say maybe that's it, beyond the fact that sometimes you have these gigs where everybody's just 
so in sync and so together that it's magic. Yeah. Yeah, you know. Yeah, for sure. Who do you look up to Mm -hmm. musically? Oh, well, other than some of the best songwriters out there, uh, of course, the Beatles wrote such amazing things. And uh, lyrically, Joni Mitchell, and of course, some of our melodies mm-hmm. uh, were brilliant. Um, Larry Cohen, lyrics are brilliant. Peter yeah. Gabriel. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, Sting. Um, Those are some pretty heavy hitters. <laughs> yeah, yeah, the heavy hitters. Who's on your playlist right now? You know, I'm terrible. I'm probably an unusual musician in that I don't listen to a lot of music at home. Uh, and when I do, it's uh, quite often jazz. I don't listen to pop music at all, especially on the radio. I don't find any of the stations appealing at all. Mm-hmm. And um, I'm sure there's some good acts out there, but nothing's grabbed my ear. There's some great singers I've heard in passing in my car, and I think, wow, a great voice. And then I always miss who it is, but I don't care for the actual music, so it doesn't draw me to try and find them. But I know there's some good ones out there I just haven't been introduced, and I haven't combed the internet or, or uh, Spotify or anything um, to find these people because uh, I tend to just, uh, yeah, just throw on some jazz or throw on stuff that I, I've had for a while. Okay, that's But cool. I don't like the retro stations either, I have to say. I won't listen to those either. I mean, how many times can you hear the same songs oh, I know. that you grew up with? Yeah, it's time to move on. <laughs> mm-hmm. I miss... Uh, you know what I miss? I miss those FM nighttime stations that used to be around when I was a teenager and the DJs were live. They would play an entire album. They would tell you all about the album, who was on it, who produced it, who did this, who did that. And you could call in and talk to them in the breaks. And you could say, oh, I really love blah, blah, blah. What, how did that come about? And they'll talk to you. And then they come back and they say, oh, so-and-so just called and we're talking. And you know what I mean? That old-fashioned oh, yeah. FM radio is desperately needed, I think. Well, I think it's time to bring it back. This is something that is pointed towards the songwriters and the artists out there. These days, a lot of people can record at home. And there's so much music that the consumer has to wade through. So what mm-hmm. advice can you offer to musicians that are trying to get their music above the noise? The main thing about music should boil down to you do it because you enjoy it. Do you do it because you love it? And secondly, can I make a, a living, a reasonable living by it? Seeking out fame and fortune is a crapshoot. It truly is. And if that's your goal, you're going to drive yourself nuts. Mm-hmm. It was never my goal to do that. It was more, how can I make a living doing what I do and really enjoy myself? Um, so I never truly got into keeping up with how to market yourself and to my, you know, detriment I should have, and, and maybe I would have gone further. I don't know, but my heart wasn't in that. It just was not in it. It was more into the creative aspect of it, doing it because I love it. And when I don't love it anymore, I'm not going to do it. Um, not professionally anyway, I would still have my hand in music always because I'm compelled, I have to. Mm-hmm. You know, be professional. Be professional. Show up for your gigs. 
ask to be paid. Do not do freebies. Yes. I'm, I am so against bands going out and playing for nothing. Mm-hmm. I just, they'll get this whole, oh, you showcase, you'll be seeing. Exposure. Well, I that in my, yeah, I it's hate not. that word. It can yeah, kill you. Exposure can kill you. <laughs> <Seriously>. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. And uh, it's never really helped anyone because they often will throw you on some god-awful hour and the only people watching you are all your dear friends that you beg to come and see you mm-hmm. because it's, you know, why would anyone come who haven't heard of you? Mm-hmm. Canada and, well, maybe North America in general, actually. Well, I won't say that because when I played in New York, we played pack houses. Like, Delhi was completely unknown. So certain countries are willing to go out and take chances. I hear in Europe that... Um, you'll get a, a packed house even though no one's heard of you. In Canada, it's quite different. People want to have heard you a thousand times before they start showing up. So that's why I think showcases are a total waste of time and energy. Unless you just think, well, it's a chance for my band to get out and play and tighten up mm-hmm. in front of an audience. But I'm, st- I'm still against it. I think young musicians have to demand payment and not crummy 1980s payment either. Yeah. Payment up to date. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's that's super good advice, definitely. I mean, the whole thing is there's there's so many venues that will have you come in and play or the festivals, like smaller festivals, and they, they pay the clown and they pay, mm-hmm. you know, the, you know, whatever <laughs> else there is, the magician and the guy that does the balloons. But when it comes to some mm-hmm. of the bands, they're like, oh, well, you know, it's really good exposure. We're going to make a poster. And I'm, I just tell people, do not include yourself at any of those things. We've got to, exactly. we've got to educate these people that are, that are booking mm-hmm. events like this. You know, yeah, and I've done that. I've often said, "Would you, um, you know, what what other job do you have? Say they're uh, accountants or mm-hmm. something." I said, "Would you want to go do a few freebie tax? Um, what's the word I'm looking for? Um, oh, assessments well, anyway. or something? Yeah, yeah. Would you want to go do that for free several times just to get exposed as what a good accountant you are? That's no, awesome. you also want to do that." Yeah, I love that. Don't expect musicians to do that, right? Mm -hmm. Awesome. Yeah. So I now, can get on a whole rant. We, we could, yeah, we could go on and on for sure. It's crazy. Um, so <laughs> you talked a little bit about your babegur.com site. Social media, mm-hmm. what platforms do you, are, are you the person that actually does the tweeting and posting or do you have other people do that for you? If people want to get in touch yeah. with you. Yeah, I have Jody do that. Um, okay our manager. Um, she'll tell me when I have messages and such and, and I will respond to them um, when she tells me. And um, I do Instagram myself, actually, that she's me, and uh, LinkedIn as well. Um, I used to tweet until someone um, took over my name. Somebody in the Middle East took over my name and was tweeting in Arabic and it kind of made oh, me nervous. Yeah. So I canceled canceled because I didn't know what he was saying. So uh, I'm using my name. So I canceled that account and I haven't gone back. Yeah, it's okay. There's there's not enough space to write anything anyways. 38 characters or something. It's crazy. You can't say what you want to say. Yeah, it's so true. <laughs> so what song would you like me to play to close the show? Um, I think I would like you to play the final song on the CD, which is called Trust. Awesome. And that is a 
song that, uh, remember I said some of my songs are inspired by conversations I overhear, and this particular conversation was one I overheard on CBC Radio about a, a woman who had grown up in a family of drug addicts. And as a young girl said, I'm not, I'm not going to do this. I'm not going to be like this. And uh, it's really hard to dig your way out of that. And mm-hmm. they were poor and she couldn't. And she ended up doing exactly as her parents did and became a drug addict. But thankfully, somewhere along the way, she got help and got off of it and turned her life around. And that's essentially what inspired that song. Wow, that's beautiful. Well, I, I've certainly enjoyed listening to the album. Uh, it's oh, absolutely you. beautiful. And uh, congratulations, definitely. Thanks so much. Thank you so much for being on Magazine Canada. It's always lovely to catch up with you. And uh, please say hi to Jody, of course. Will do. Now, I invite everyone to get tickets for Babe's CD release party for Blurred Lines. It's going to be a wonderful evening of music. Also, follow her on social media so you can keep up with everything Babe. Thank you again, and we'll talk to you soon. Thanks so much, Sherelle. When the crow flies at dusk, I will leave in this town. If you stay anywhere long enough, your story comes back around. Look ahead with hope, being surprised. Trouble is the only thing that this poor girl cannot hide Say goodbye Who I used to be Say hello to all that comes To set me free Find the confidence up at the sky It was cloaked in darkness so black The stars didn't have to try Was this the night for miracles? Was hope tricking me again? Still I wear my thoughts aloud Now a familiar old refrain Say goodbye Who I used to be Say hello
Forged in my destiny I face whatever comes to me Still I fear I know it well My clothes speak of my station I rely on wits and emulation Stories and secrets I'll never tell
that's tonight's show. Big thank you to Babe Gurr. You heard Trust and one of my favorites off Blurred Lines, Dark Sided Man. To find out more about Babe Gurr, visit babegurr.com. Please find her on social media, like her pages, and purchase her music. Leave the station on 24-7. It's music online all the time. You can find your favorite programs at pacificnorthwestradio.com. And if you miss a show, go to our website and click On Demand or find us on Spotify, iTunes, plus a whole array of sites. It's all there waiting for you. Big shout out to my Magazine Canada sponsor, Sheldon Zaharko from Z Productions. All you rock stars ready to record your new album or single, check out Z Productions at sheldonzaharko.com. The music that you're listening to right now is from my band Head. Record it with Sheldon. And you can hear more Head at headmusic.ca. Plus, check out my other band Stone Poets that Sheldon also produces at stonepoets.ca. Tune in every Tuesday night at 7 p.m. Pacific Standard Time to make a scene Canada here on Pacific Northwest Radio to discover your next favorite Canadian artist. I'm Sherelle Jardine, musician and music lover. You can find me on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. Now go check out some live music this week. Only we can prevent more venues from closing. Take a few minutes out of your day and share artists and make a scene Canada and Pacific Northwest Radio on social media. Get out and enjoy live music. Bring your friends with you and share the experience. Together, let's make a scene in 2019.